You're listening to the God Talk post-message podcast following Brad Franklin's message delivered on March 10th and 11th entitled, What Is It Supposed to Sound Like? Here we go. Well, hey everyone. We're excited to be here for yet another post-message podcast. Woot woot. Uh, I am John and oh my goodness, I'm super excited because today Josh Bolin, who hey. you usually see with a guitar hanging around his neck, uh, and then Mike Clockenbrink, which we don't, here, really here. Know, we don't really know what Mike does. Or what he looks like. Yeah, yes. actually right now he's yes. got a chainmail mask that he's wearing, much like Kanye West Excellent. on his last tour. You're such yeah. an enigma, Mike. Thank you. Such Thank a you. mystery. I work at it. It's not easy. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a cross you must bear. <laughs> That's right. But we all try to attain your level of cool. So thank you. Thank Thanks you. both of you guys for being here. Yeah. So the deal with with this is that we so we just came off of a message this past weekend. Brad, mm-hmm. this was the first time he spoke in this series, this God Talk series, uh, and he talked about strategy. Yep. So how do we have God? talk with our friends, but but specifically, he used the word strategy, and then he went through uh, the five crafts, uh, which are scripture, prayer, generosity, connection, and service, and he was trying to make a a connection with with a God talk strategy, the way that we talk with our friends, uh, kind of through that lens, right? So Mm -hmm. I I thought that would be a good starting point for us, then, um, uh, to talk about our own strategies. Sure. You know, what are the what are the conversations that we're having with our friends? And do we even have a strategy? Josh, mm-hmm. do you have a strategy? Well, I don't know if I had ever thought about it that way. Um, as we, you know, talked about it this weekend, <clears throat> and uh, even just talking about getting ready for this recording, I, I thought about it a little bit. And I, I think I lived maybe with a strategy without even really being that intentional with it. So, you know, my wife and I um, were very intentional about building relationships with our neighbors, especially. So the neighborhood we live in, um, it's uh, we kind of live on a little bit of a faster street. And so there's not a lot of people who are out in their front yard. And so one of the things we talk about and make a, per- a point of doing is playing in our front yard with our kids. Uh, um, our son has a basketball hoop out there. And so just being out in front we get to wave at our neighbors and develop some relationships with people, even just as they're pulling into their driveway or mm. pulling into their garage. And, you know, a lot of people pull in their garage, shut the garage, you'll never see them. And so yeah. I think just by our mere presence being out front, we've been able to meet a lot of our neighbors that we may not have ever been able to meet. Did and you say faster street? Like like the cars go by fast? The cars or go like... by faster, yes. Okay, so, so it's live, not like live, a live. metaphor where everybody's <laughs> living fast-paced. No, although that's probably true as well. Okay. But, All I right. mean, we it's we live off of School Street, so if you live here in Folsom, you know people will take School Street to avoid the traffic on Bidwell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so we've been able to, even just walking around and going on walks, um, meet a lot of families. And even the other night, actually, I ran into Mike at the grocery store uh, on Saturday. Right. What was he wearing then? <laughs> the same chainmail mask. Wow. It's, it's, be, <laughs> it's become go. a deal for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everybody was looking at him really weird, but yeah. but that's just who Mike is. So, um, but yeah, I was picking up uh, firewood to. We were doing a bonfire in the backyard, a spontaneous bonfire with our neighbors who live right behind us, and uh, their kids will literally climb the fence. We've got ladders on both sides of the fence so our kids can climb over and hang out. And we did s'mores and Dude, I hung love out. that. It was yeah, awesome. It was awesome. And I don't, you know, again, I don't think we were thinking what's our strategy but we were very intentional about yeah. about developing friendship with them and and God did come up we talked you know what are the things you don't talk about in with 
strangers or people you don't know very well is politics and religion, right? <laughs> right, and it's hard to not talk about those things these days, it seems. Totally. Right. Well, and that's it started with talking about education and talking about what's the role of the government of government in education, and then it got into... Of educating game. our government, or... <laughs> well... Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll. <laughs> pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that's been our, our primary strategy. The other thing that I thought about, for me, is with service, I don't even think it... And I don't actually remember the examples that Brad gave for this. Sorry, Brad. Um, but for me, I've... Uh, volunteered to coach my son's basketball team this year. He's in third grade. And so just by volunteering my time and, and spending time with these kids and getting to know their parents, a ton of great conversations have come up. Um, mm. Just because I'm, I'm around their kids and parents, are they, they care about who's investing in their children. And so I get to um, interact with other parents that I didn't know as, as well. I had a, uh, there's an assistant coach, a couple assistant coaches who I've been able to develop some friendships with and I mean, just the relationships that are formed by just being out in your community, by um, giving yourself to others, you know, another thing yeah. we say here mm-hmm. at Lakeside, yeah. uh, has been really, really cool. Again, I didn't think of it as a strategy. I just wanted to, I wanted to coach my, my boy's team. And so, so, so you said, waving at your neighbors, being, you know, hospitable in your front yard, like you've got ladders over the back fence, you had a spontaneous bonfire, you're coaching with your kid, so yeah. are you telling me... You're being a normal human <laughs> <Exactly>. being. Exactly. <laughs> You're being a normal. Yeah. See, there's something like there's something so freeing about that, right? Well, and doing mm-hmm. it with a, I, I mean, this is just who I am, but like doing it with a smile on your face, being in welcoming and in a, in a warm, inviting person, and right. that I think is huge. And being able to um, use kind of that like spirit of love that we have been able to receive through our faith and be able to share that with people. It's it's really it's just mm. yeah, living life. Yeah, the gorgeous. other thing we've talked about doing, we haven't done it yet, but we've got a big um, tree in our front yard and we're going to hang a swing. And we want it to be like a community swing. So yeah, that, and I then love whenever that. Uh, you know, kids are walking by, we're going to say, "Hey, come, you want to swing on our swing?" Well, that sounds a little weird. I don't know if I'd just invite children over, but yeah, you should probably rethink that strategy. Yeah. In, in, this, in this day and age. Yeah. Also, be prepared for the lawsuits when yeah. some kid breaks their arm on that swing. Exactly. But besides that, great idea. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Like, yeah. we, have to, we have to... Gosh, I love that. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, and this was actually... Tony and I used to say this uh, when we were raising our kids, and now, you know, our youngest is 18, so it's not the same, but we used to say we want to live our lives where every bike in the neighborhood is piled on our front yard, mm-hmm. on, our, on our lawn. Uh, and sometimes when we had a pool uh, a long time ago, we would come home and neighbors would be in the pool, you know, and that's, yeah. it was our swing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah, super. Us, we wanted that where, you know, if the kids are going to spend a night anywhere, it's going to be at our house. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, let's go over there and, you know, always open and inviting. Yeah. You know, similar to, you know, what Josh said, I, I really don't have a specific strategy. Uh, I'm more of the type um, of just building relationships or looking for opportunity when they present themselves. Hmm. And so years ago, I, I did a lot of those things like you talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago you know, knocking on a door and handing them something to invite them. Uh, I've done all of that stuff. But what I found is that just having a relationship and start talking with people and then just, uh, you know, in an 
a simple way or an organic way, just allow that conversation to flow. And you know, kind of like what you said, it's hard not to talk about uh, religion or politics, and it usually ends up in a conversation somewhere along the line. You know, people will just say, so what do you do? And I'll say, well, I, I work for Lakeside Church. And they're like, oh. And sometimes that, that may end the conversation, you know, at that point, or yeah. it opens it up. And so for us, you know, Tracy and myself, um, I'm more of the extrovert. She's more of the introvert and goes slow and small talk one-on-one. I have no problem, you know, with several people around or just engaging in a conversation. Yeah. And uh, I, I find it to be just, you know, if you listen to people, um, they're willing to, to talk and open up. Uh, and it doesn't matter. I've, I've built a relationship with uh, an auto mechanic here in town for the last 20 years. Yeah. And heard his story and um, why he doesn't go to church. And it's rough. Sure. And so I've just continued to build that relationship, talk to him, um, tell him I'm going to pray for him. His wife was sick, pray for her. And he reaches out now, like if I'm around, I'm, that, I'm his God person. Yeah. And so it's just gaining that trust and not, you know, sh- you know, ramming it down his throat. Yeah. But acting like, you know, we say, you know, be like Jesus. And I'm, I'm just trying to act that out in my everyday life. So. It's so funny because, like, so we have talked about those old methods of sharing the gospel, yeah. evangelism, for lack mm-hmm. of better words. Um, but to kind of put things in, in a context, those words match some of the things that we talked about, like going door to door, like you mentioned, right. and, and and again, we're we're not saying those things were bad. We're right. just asking the all. question: Is that um, does that work in the in the context that we're in right now? Uh, does it have those things left a, a bad taste? Is there some stain left behind from them, um, or do they just culture has just changed, so it just simply doesn't work anymore? Well, I experienced um, both of those good conversations knocking on the door and. Not so much. (laughs) Sure, sure. And, well, all of this talk about God has reminded me, there was a time in my life where I spent some time in sales. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've been reflecting on all of those sales strategies. And one of the reasons I got out of sales is because all of the strategies felt yucky to me. Yeah. Like it, it started wearing Close on me. The deal. Yeah. yeah. It just it, like where everybody I looked at, I went, this is a potential client. Right. Uh, and I, I couldn't just be normal with people. And I think sometimes we viewed our role unnecessarily and probably erroneously um, in, in kind of a salesman mentality uh, when it comes to spiritual things, spiritual conversation and creating mm-hmm. space. Well, that's so counter that. to like what Sean talked about, and I think it was the first week of the series, one of his main points was play the long game. Right. You know, right. and there's nothing about closing the deal or making a sale in playing the long game. Right. The long game is, it's about, it's about uh, time. It's about building trust, and it's about giving that space for people to have an actual reason and feel like they want to come and be a part of what you're inviting them into. And that doesn't mean not to invite them. Right. You know, we've in our, so we've moved a couple years ago, but in our neighborhood before that, we had a similar quote unquote strategy (laughs) where we would, uh, we would have fire pits in our front yard and we'd have the neighbors all come over. And and we had one of our friends, um, we would invite often to come and be a part of of Lakeside and come and experience a, a weekend gathering, which was easy for me because I'm up on the stage and I'm playing sure. music. So I, I, I have a little bit of an advantage there, but I'm like, just come listen to music. And, 
And, uh, and they never came. We lived there for almost, almost five years, never came. And then when we moved, it was, I think, that, uh, that Christmas, uh, the neighbors came to Christmas. And it was just a reminder that playing the long game is the, yeah. is the way to do it. And it wasn't until after we had left that they ended up saying, oh, you know, where, where should we go to church this weekend? It's yeah. Christmas. Let's go yeah. to Lakeside. Josh and Josh and Karis go to Lakeside. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool to see those things happen over, over periods of time, too. Sure. I um, Back to the sales thing, uh, in light of what you're talking about right then, there, there was a period of my life where I had so much unnecessary angst Mm -hmm. because I was always asking myself the question, how do I turn this conversation to be able to to have that that open door? And and there's something so different about how do I turn this conversation to open a door rather than how do I open up my life and give everybody the backlot tour of my life and say, here I am with all my bumps and bruises and scrapes and and build that trust that you're talking about. So those doors just open, right? right? And then uh, Len Sweet calls this the, the nudge, you know? It's, okay. it's, it's like those things naturally happen, and then you find yourself in conversation where you're not looking to turn the conversation, but you just, because of the nature of who you are as a Jesus follower, you end up nudging right. that, that, that way. Yeah, I find, you know, when you say that, it's, it's, it is the long game, and I, and I truly look at it that way. I used to try to um, kind of maybe keep score and have this, like, you know, who, who can I lead to Christ here? You know, check, you know, box. And I may not lead any single person to Christ, but what right. I may do is have those conversations that open them up to listening, whether it's to me or to somebody else. And, and once I, I did that and just start having conversations and relationships, Boy, things really changed. Where mm. you know, it's not about keeping that score. Um, and to your point, John, just when you when you turn around and you say that, um, you know, here I am in this conversation with an individual, and there's this nudge or something happens. I have found over the time because of the relationship we have, things happen in people's lives where they know you, and then they turn to you and just say, "Hey, dude, I'm I'm struggling with this, or this just happened. Can you maybe can you pray for me?" Mm-hmm. And it just changes, and boy, when they invite you in like that, it's it's just amazing. But it's because of this relationship and trust. You know, they're just not going to walk up to a stranger and say, "Hey, can you pray for me?" Right. Um, and it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Um, are you are you a prayer with people? You've mentioned prayer a couple of times. I do now. So I, I mean, love is that, to pray with people. So, but but I get the sense that you don't look at that as a strategy as much as you just believe in talking to God and loving on people, and that's kind of how you approach it. I, it doesn't matter. I could be in a restaurant, a hospital, or an auto shop, and something comes up, and I'll say, hey, let me pray for you. Yeah. And, you know, most people are really like, okay. And, you know, I'll just pray for them, and they're just like, gosh, thank you so much, <laughs> because people just don't normally do that. And it's not like I walked in there with the intent, but an opportunity was there. It's like, oh, let me just, let me pray for you. And, but it's not where I'm going in all of the time, you know, or strategically say, okay, here's an opportunity. I don't, I don't do that. It just happens. Do they find it weird when you approach them wearing your chain mail? Yeah. Mask? Yeah. Uh, How weird is that? At, at times it has been weird, but I, <laughs> they, 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 get, they get over it. And, 
<laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I've also found the strategy for me um, is like I want to I want to show people that people who love Jesus don't have to be weird, you know, like or have to be crazy. Like right. I just want to be a normal person, like you were talking about earlier. Like yeah. we're normal people. We we love our community. We love our family. Oh, also we love God. You know, and we believe He loves you too. Yeah, and we enjoy the the finer things in life, and we want to you know go on vacations. We want to have a beer. We want to just be with friends and family. Like it's just normal. We can be normal people, and right. a lot of people have this perception because of there's these you know loud voices in the in Christian culture often that can be damaging and just mm. and hurtful to really like the reputation of people who want to follow and love Jesus. Mm. And so I think that's a strategy is to like let's. Let's change that perspective. That we're people. We want to be people known for how we love them. How we, we want. Mm. That's how we want to be known. Yeah. You know, I, I love that old song. It's almost <laughs> as if the Bible said, "They'll know us by our love." Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that, I think you know, as you're just sharing that, Mike, I was thinking about like, yeah, that's that's a way to love people. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not everybody wants to necessarily be prayed for, and that's that's okay too. That's just maybe that's one of the ways that you get to live it out. I don't. I don't really necessarily stop by and ask people if I can pray for them, but I'll listen. Right. Well, see, yeah, that's a good point you just said there, Josh, because, see, that feels normal to Mike. Right. And I think part of the reason, part of the way that we go wrong or have gone wrong in the past is when we come up with prescriptions for God talk and we have a one-size-fits-all prescription and then we guilt people... (laughs) Uh, Maybe not intentionally, but we end up guilting people when they go, oh, shoot, so that's what I'm supposed to do, but I feel so weird wearing right. a chainmail mask. I, like, <laughs> no, no, I, I feel so weird doing this. Right. Um, I've had more conversations through this series than I think I've had with any series in the past. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody, um, you know, in my office just the other day talking about um, the tension and, and the grief and the, and the guilt that they feel for not saying a a specific prayer with someone in their family. But then when they started talking to me about all the conversation that they have with their family member, I'm like, oh my goodness. Right. You're you're doing it. Like, you are being so faithful. Like, if Jesus were sitting at this table with you right now, he would high-five you. Yeah. And he would say, man, I love you. Thanks for, thanks for representing. You know, thanks for, thanks for just loving me and loving your family like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and don't get me wrong. I don't go out every day saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna you know knock out three prayers." Who today. am I gonna pray for? Yeah. Today? I mean, <laughs> I, I could be a week or two yeah. and nothing, and then all right. of a sudden it's just like, man, here's an opportunity. And it's just like this person's hurting, or they need you yeah. know someone to care for them, and I, I'm gonna step in and because I know them and I care about them. Yeah. Well, and Brad talked about that a little bit this week this last weekend on, you know, even just different personality types, like an introvert versus an extrovert. Not everybody. Sure. I'm a. I'm a. I didn't always believe this, but I recently took a personality test and found out I am a pretty strong extrovert, and it kind of makes sense now, but, you know, my wife and I are both really extroverted, so having people over to our house, having bonfires, being out in the front yard, that makes sense for us. That's true and honest for us, but that wouldn't necessarily be the case for everybody, hmm. and and so, yeah, finding find the ways that it makes sense for you to have God-taught conversations. Yeah. I'm an ambivert, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, hey, um... Let's go back to the thing about uh, keeping score. That was something you said, Mike, that kind of was something that connected mm-hmm. for me because I think there are a lot of people that carry around unnecessary guilt because they have never 
quote led someone to Jesus, right? And there's this passage uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 um, where it, Paul is talking about church leaders and people aligning themselves with church leaders and, you know, kind of like the, the who's who and like it, it, name dropping, mm-hmm. you know? And he says uh, about himself and Apollos, this other follower of Jesus, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we're co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. And so there's this idea that, um, like that old language too of like, hey, let's go build the kingdom. We don't really do the building. God's the kingdom builder. God is, right? Right. We're just faithful to whatever it is. And so all of that to say, have... Have you guys ever sat with someone and, and and thought, oh, wow, like I was the waterer or I was the seed planter or whatever the case is? Uh, um, I have one of my best friends from, uh, he was my best friend from middle school. Uh, he's the best man at my wedding. Um, I, I think he followed Jesus for a little bit in high school and then just kind of went and did his own thing. And we went to college together. And I remember uh, shortly after we had graduated, having a conversation with him and um, he had he was telling me about how he had really decided to truly start following Jesus after mm-hmm. college and he said he goes Josh you were the most like consistent person in my life period wow. and um, and I don't ever remember us having this like hey dude we let's talk about like you want to say this prayer with me bro let's let's do this it was yeah. just just there yeah. so I, I think in that that um, relationship, and we're still, you know, super close. Um, I, I think I was definitely a waterer. Of, mm. I think he was introduced to Jesus early on, and as a, you know, as a kid through his family, and then mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like I did the, the what is it, the, the um, harvest, <laughs> right, right, harvesting, right, right. But I was able to just be that, be that consistent, like loving friend for him through all the ups and downs. Yeah, I love that. What yeah, about you, Mikey? <clears throat> yeah, I've had that over the years, and um, I look back, and you know, some of those relationships where people don't know who to turn to, and uh, I've been just consistent, accepting them for who they are. And I've had one particular friend from high school, kind of like you know Josh here, and um, he ended up taking a whole different track in life, and down this road and uh, was kind of cast out from every single person that I think I know and uh, I still accepted him and would speak to him and or email him and for years uh, this would would go on and one day he just said to me he goes you know what you're the only person who speaks truth to me and still loves me Mm. and uh, he goes I know that I haven't been the best person or my lifestyle hasn't been the best but you still love me. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, so I appreciate that. And, and I remember one day in an email, he said to me, I want to know the Jesus that you follow because these other people... Wow, that's significant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, these other people that talk to me, they're Jesus followers or so they say, but he goes, they don't want to be a part of my life or you know, accept me. And he goes, I appreciate just you being honest and truthful with me. 
And it's it's rough when you see that with people. And you know, to your point, you know, sometimes you know, Christians can give other Christians a bad name. And uh, it's just, I think, I look at myself, it's just, I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to be forthright and call it what it is. But my goal isn't to shun people, it's to love them and come alongside them. Well, and if we're honest, and I know you're saying this too, sometimes I give Christians a bad name. Totally. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like we all, <clears throat> at some point, every single one of us is oh, yeah. a bit of a donkey. You yeah. know, I mean... At some point, some of us are wish yeah. we could take that back or do it differently. Yeah. Man, I have, I have, I've lived a few lifetimes. I feel like, and there's <laughs> there's at least one of those lifetimes I'd like to erase. Yeah. Well, you are getting pretty old. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, at least I keep getting more beautiful. <laughs> You're ugly and can do nothing about it. Like, so that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and dude, I think because I said something about that earlier too. So, and I think that's an an important thing to acknowledge is that we all do contribute to that reputation in different ways yeah. at different times, um, even on even in small ways. And one one of the games, I think I told you about this. One of the games I was coaching, I got a little heated towards the referees, and I had mm. I started walking out onto the court <laughs> like in this third grade boys basketball game. <laughs> That doesn't mean anything. Because it super matters. <laughs> yeah. And one of the other assistant so coaches, great. who I believe happens to go to Lakeside, uh, had to be like, Coach, go sit down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was not a good move. <laughs> that that's is a small awesome. thing, but you're right. We all contribute to that. Yeah, we Christians do. are angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all human. Yeah. Uh, there's this great passage in Isaiah 55, um, uh, if you if you read this in the NIV, it's got a it's got a heading at the top that says "Invitation to the Thirsty," which is mm. which is so great. But it's a it's a famous passage that starts off, uh, "Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost." It's this great mm. invitation and this this metaphor where where God is talking about you know what he offers every single person and he talks about how how he uh he wants to speak to everyone and then there's this this great verse let me see where i gotta find it it's a little bit further down here but he says oh he says he's talking about bread and eating bread and then he kind of unpacks the metaphor and he says so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I think the King James says, my word does not return void, which I always thought was kind of a fun way to say it too. But, but the point of that is that God is saying, I'm going to accomplish what I want, and I want you to join me. I want you to be part of this ride. Yeah. And, and all of these different approaches, I'm not so concerned with your availability, but your or your ability, but your availability, mm-hmm. you know, and be normal, mm-hmm. be in conversation, love people till they ask you why. Yeah. Um, well, and clearly he still wants to use us as his vehicles. I mean, that's, that was, that's the whole new Testament, right? You mm-hmm. know, and sure, so it's this like, sure it it's this like beautiful partnership with God to be able to take how he's created us, our uniqueness, our gifts, what makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. And to partner with him and his spirit as we get to go and, and be his vehicles for that change. Yeah. 
and he will get it done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. to your point, he will get it done. But we get to be his partners in it, which is quite like astounding. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you can stare at that plant right. and labor over that plant yeah. all you want, but something else is making it grow. Right. Yeah, that works for all Photosynthesis. Of us. Yeah. And that and that is the point. That is the point right there. That is perfect, guys. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, this thanks. Was, this it. was fun. fun today. Any final yeah. words or? No, just B. I've got a friend who says, you know, I need B time, and I and his name is Brian. I was like, okay, so he needs Brian time. And I said, what's B time? And he says, it's time for me to just be. Hmm. And uh, and I said, oh, just so you can be yourself and relax. And I think sometimes we try to be all this something different. Just be yourself. All right. You heard it from Mike Klockenbrink. Love God and just be. Later. Later. So there you have it. That's it for this week. As always, if you want to catch a message that you missed or listen to it again, go to lakesidechurch.com, click on the menu that looks like a little hamburger. It will take you to a spot that says media, and then click on messages or podcasts, whatever you like. Peace. Peace.